Welcome to the Sisterhood of Secrets, where we explore the world of weird. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Sisterhood of Secrets. I'm Stephanie and this is Taylor. Um, Taylor's having a hard time today. Again, she has the giggles, so I apologize. I really didn't mean to. I made a Snapchat before we started, and it just, like, sent me over the edge. I'm living on the edge. Glory. What? Um, Anyway, I want to thank all of our new followers. Um, Yeah, we've got quite a few new people, and we're very appreciative. It would be great if you followed us on, like, Spotify. They did. We got like 12 new followers. I'm talking about like the Instagram followers that we get. Oh, yeah. I'm appreciative of all the followers, but like. Check yeah. us out. People. Yeah. Just like go over there, pop on in, tell us if you like the picture. Um, or, yeah. you know, anything. Tell us if our page needs some updating. <laughs> just, you know, <laughs> Taylor wants just critiques. Like, she's reached the point where she only wants to hear if any news is good news right now, you know? We're getting a little bit of feedback. I'm really. Um, I'm really excited about it. I just want us to be like movie stars already. It's not. We are not ever going to be movie stars. We're going to make movies. Oh my gosh. What movies are you making? Ghost movies. (laughs) (sighs) Ghost faces. (laughs) Baby in the kitchen when the kitchen gets hot. Alrighty. Let's get into this. So, uh, as always, intros are weird and we struggle. We don't know how to get this thing started. I I struggle because I laugh at everything. And I just, once I get going, it's hard to stop. Yeah, that's with anything. (laughs) What? (laughs) What is, no. I don't know. It's like, yeah, once I started going to the gym, I just couldn't stop. (laughs) Now look at me. Dude, I wish that was my problem. That's not me. Please. I was like, oh, once I started eating this chocolate cake, couldn't stop. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I'm throwing up. Couldn't quit. What? <laughs> too much Alrighty. um so this week <laughs> this week we're going to be talking about psychics or mediums or seers whatever word you associate with someone who can possibly see the future get it together so when you think of psychics um we think of someone who is going to tell us our future or answer some unknown question with the help of someone or something beyond our realm. Maybe the heavens, maybe it's an evil thing, maybe it's, I don't know, aliens, who knows. Um, I just don't feel like aliens are taking a lot of stock in our problems. <laughs> you know what, honestly, probably not. If you are capable of traveling the galaxy, I don't think you're like, oh, Gosh, they probably look at, at Earth again. and we're like a TV show. We're like freaking family guy for them. Oh my gosh. Isn't that Taylor? What is it? Earth girls are easy. I love that. I movie. love that movie too. But you know how they're in their little spaceship and they accidentally like they're flipping land in channels. No, listen, oh. they, they're <laughs> flipping channels and they land on like uh, a swimsuit commercial. Yeah. It's Jim Carrey. And they're like, flipping <gasps> the channels. Like we've got to go, and they lose control, and they crash their ship into yeah. this really beautiful woman's pool. Of course, of course. Also, great example of the male mind. <laughs> yeah, <for real. laughs> 
I guess all male species. Hell, sometimes, same. honestly, I'd probably be the same way. But like, we got to go there. <laughs> I gotta check this out. Something's going on here. Yes. So, like I said, whether you think it comes from some other heavenly place or aliens, um, these people have a way of knowing. And we often think of like a fortune teller or someone sitting in one of those shops and you got the neon lights and it's like fortunes, you know? I don't know why, but I immediately think of Cher's song. Oh, Gypsy. Gypsy. Oh my gosh. When we get there, I'll tell you about, um, we'll talk about that. We'll talk about that situation. Um, And you often have to exchange money in order to get these things, right? So you either you're calling in to Miss Cleo, you got to pay. Or you go see someone who reads your fortune or your palm or anything like that. Which, I don't really agree with the phone stuff. Because there's just, just like a voice. Well, I feel like there should be some sort of physical connection in yeah. my mind. I mean, I don't, in, I don't to know. To me. So, like, I could I can get down with, like, going to somebody and then reading your cards or whatever. Because mm-hmm. yeah. at least, like, you're there. Mm-hmm. And, I, you know, the paying out of the money thing, that doesn't, I mean, nobody's doing nothing in this world for free. Right, and they're providing a service. Yeah. So. Give them the money. The phone call thing, it's like $5 per minute for me to tell you all the stuff that's going to happen to you. And yeah. it's all good. And, they, and I feel like a lot of people, I mean, they play on people's emotions. misfortunes and emotions and things Which like that. Which is sad. I agree. Yeah. But psychics or mediums or seers, they've long been a part of the human culture, right? Yeah. So let's take a long, 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 long trip back ancient back 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 in time so the art of knowing is called divination which is when a person has the ability to hear the voice of gods ghosts or demons some otherworldly creature the real voice not the fake voices in your head <laughs> yes so i have that to see <laughs> you you can't be crazy <laughs> you gotta be a little crazy or i shouldn't no. say crazy I sh- you can't be like struggling with some sort of mental illness seven I'm fucking nuts. That's true. Okay, I am too. And I'm okay with it. It's mental illness. I'm ate up. I'm gonna flow up with it. It's cool, dog. Listen, if I start hearing voices, though, it's gone too far. Um, In ancient times, these people were seen as, like, the pillars of the community. And they were valued because they were able to interpret messages from beyond. Um, These messages could rally a city to war. They could give you the answers to end a famine. They could tell you if your um, wife is going to have lots and lots of babies. I don't know. Wow. Um, We're going to go to war. Also, Jim, 12 babies coming your way. Well, I just mean like <laughs> those are big things in ancient times. I don't know. Um, all of these questions were a lot bigger than will I meet the man of my dreams? So like a long time ago. They had bigger problems. They had lots of problems that were life or death. Like, is it going to rain this year? Yes. Are, are the crops <laughs> going to fail, Martha? Dude, what the fuck am I sitting on? I don't know. There's a cord under my butt. Oh, my gosh. Okay, so practice, practice, practitioners, oh, my gosh. Practitioners of divination were usually members of a temple, whether it be the, the Temple of Apollo, Zeus, Athena, what have you, any of those um, Greek gods. Uh, these people were believed, like I said, to speak directly to the divine entities. And they could, they interpreted these messages from the gods or they had someone who would interpret it after they shared the message. Um, one of the most well-known, and you hear about it, or you've heard about it before, is the Oracle of Delphi. So this was the most connected person 
to the gods and that she spoke directly to Apollo. Uh, her name was Pythia. So um, the, the, I'm gonna butcher some of these names, so bear with me. So the city is located, the city of Delphi is located at a uh, foot of Mount Parnassus Come. near the place it. where the famous Greek sanctuary was located. So this is where it's a really famous archeological site and you can go there and visit it. And it's been the home to many, um, many different types of, I wanna say, I guess religions, because it was always a sacred place. It wasn't necessarily only the God Apollo. Um, so if you were making a trip to Delphi, uh, you had some serious questions to ask. You're not going just for funsies. Um, the sanctuary is in the central part of Greece. Um, it had all the power. So if you were going to talk to the Oracle, you really needed some answers. Um, the Question. Oracle, yeah. Do you think they would be offended if you did make it all the way there and you asked something that was like very silly and of no consequence to the world? Uh, yes. So you're like, hey, um, is my husband cheating on me? I'm sure they wouldn't be very happy with you. What do you think happened to him? Uh, I don't know. They probably were denied entry or they just like weren't graced with an answer. Hmm. I don't know. So the Oracle was only available for consultation one day of each month. That's it. I want that job. For three months of the year. Because during winter, the Oracle did not take clients. Because the god Apollo only liked the warmer times of the year. So she would not be able to speak to Apollo during the colder months. There. So you could only talk to this person, this woman, nine days out of the year. It was always a woman. And typically, you know, they take that, um, they swear to stay a virgin and pure and they live in the temple and they go nowhere. And it's supposed to be a huge, great honor. Do you know why? Because their hymen is connected to the gods. You lose it. You Are lose you the connection. <laughs> For a second, I was like, oh my gosh, really? <laughs> they said that? I hate this you. This wasn't even my part of the research. I don't know. It seemed like you knew what you're talking about. You're so confident. <laughs> talking about, oh my gosh. <laughs> anyway, so on these nine days, um, Apollo, he was happy to be consulted. So she would be able to uh, speak directly to him and give the message. So there were some things that had to happen in order for you to get a reading. First of all, you had to bring a gift and usually they were treasures of some kind. And they also had to do like a little rich ritual where they would have a sacrificial goat and they Lord. would sprinkle cold water on the goat. And if the goat shuddered, then Apollo had given consent and the day of these consultations could begin. If the goat didn't shiver, then it was a no-go. They relied on a shivering goat? Yes. So on consultation day, there were lots of people and they came, they would have to purify themselves in the spring water near the sanctuary. All, um, anybody who lived in the Delphi area, they were allowed to go first. And then um, other Greeks were allowed to go second. And then if you were a non-Greek, you were admitted last. So I guess if they ran out of time of the day, you were you Was were it the for end of 24 line. full hours or just daylight? I think it's just daylight. I mean, they didn't say the 24 hours and they didn't say just like 12 hours. They didn't give me a time frame. So like I said, they had to bring some sort of payment in order to receive a reading. Um, 
so it was pretty pretty straightforward i mean they'd come in they'd bring their thing they would ask for some sort of message and then decisions would be made um Athens used the Oracle of Delphi to determine whether they were going to go to war with neighboring countries or if they were going to just sit and wait. Um, a lot of the messages that the Oracle gave were very vague, and so people would interpret it however they thought it, the gods really wanted it to go. Sometimes it was good, sometimes it was bad. Oracles also would go to battle with generals and the general would listen to the oracle she she would speak directly to the gods and then they would make they would take that information in and they would make decisions based on that this makes me think of the movie 300 it's pretty similar but that's a pretty good representation of how it kind of was because like in the movie that you know she's like tripping out and stuff they said that the oracle would receive the messages because there was a crack in the rock that she sat above she sat on this tripod okay it was like a metal tripod and she would sit on top of it kind of like a cake topper and these fumes apparently would come out of the ground and they would like overwhelm her and she would give you the message weird yeah and so she would just tell and you could take it however she said it or you could um you know have it interpreted by someone else or you could interpret it just depending on how you were feeling i guess hmm. yeah pretty interesting though yeah so that was a long, long, long time ago. We're gonna continue to move through time a little bit. So people were always kind of reliant on this sort of, somebody in the town was like a medicine or um, a faith healer, something like that. Someone they relied on to help them make decisions. Like I do know like in a biking culture, you know, they had someone who spoke to the gods directly and they made all their decisions based on this um, seer. Um, was that also a woman? Usually, usually they're women. And they're usually women that don't participate in the uh, carnal pleasures. I told you why. <laughs> Direct connection. So as time moves forward, people, we re they continue to rely, like I said, on these, on these spiritually connected people, psychics maybe, um, to make their decisions. And in ancient times, um, we had like dark ages, you know, there were the gypsy people we say. But I actually read that saying gypsy is derogatory. They like to be called Roma. Huh. Yeah, I had no I idea. Know. I didn't know that either. I had up until Gypsy's here recently. Cool, I mean, yeah. I guess it means no, I'm not a gypsy. Though. Yeah. Or I'm not a Roma. So almost all Roma were fortune tellers. And Roma divination was highly valued. And their truthfulness was legendary. So especially... Um, a skilled fortune teller could tell you about the events of the past and the future. And the famous, the Roma were super famous for being able to tell you all of these cool things, right? And people would seek them out in order to get answers to questions they didn't, they didn't have the answers to. Um, and it spread around the world. So because the Roma people were nomadic, they were able to take their traditions and their culture all over Europe, all over that continent. And they were able to just share their ability to tell the fortune, tell the, tell the future. Um, so traditionally, Roma people, they used fortune telling with cards. They also did palm reading. They did tea leaf reading. They did tarot card reading and they did crystal ball readings, which is kind of cool. You know, like you always think of like a crystal ball. It's like, ooh, spooky, but they actually did it. Um, so Roma 
women were typically the ones who were able to give you your fortune. And they traveled throughout Europe and they just continued this practice. And there's some, there's some words I'm about to destroy, but I'll try my best. So there's two words that the Roma used for their fortune telling. Duckering, which is the modification of a, oh my gosh, it means something spiritual or ghostly. So they're evil, they're, excuse me, they're either using some ghostly presence to give you a message, or there's another one called botched, which is a Persian word, and it means fate. So they were able to just see your future. Can they you weren't please relying just on try that one word out for me? Botched? No. The one you completely bypassed. The Wallaco Sklovian? Wallaco Sklovian. I'm not really sure. Anyway, so there was two types of fortune telling. They could rely on some sort of spirit or they tied into the fates. So pretty straightforward. The Roma people started to lose favor as Christianity became more prevalent and their religion was persecuted and their traditions slowly started to be um, destroyed. Many of the nomadic, they experienced a lot of hardships. They were allowed to, they weren't allowed to like camp. Like people would run them out of their homes and like, cause they moved, you know, but they were still drafted and they still had to pay taxes, even though they weren't allowed to like actually establish one, a home for yeah. like a home. Um, my thing's, how do you send a draft letter to somebody without an address? I have no idea. I think they just showed up. They're like, you're going. Damn. Yeah. Damn um, governments. Also, around 400,000 Roman people were killed during the Holocaust. They were also one of the targets during that mass genocide. Damn. Yeah. Because Why they were Why do we different. talk about this? Well, I've never learned this. I don't know. We don't talk about anything that's important. I think this is important to talk about. Yeah. I mean, anybody that, I mean, that was a mass genocide. I think yes. everybody deserves to be spoke about. So, so far we've talked about the ancient Greeks and their need for oracles to make big decisions. And then we kind of transitioned into, uh, we, we spoke about how during the dark ages, people relied heavily on uh, medicine people, medicine women, faith some sort of faith-driven psychic ability to answer questions that were people were struggling with. And then we went into the Roma people and how they use fortune telling to, I don't know, just share their traditions and their culture and answer those unknown questions. Um, mediums and psychics were thought of as, and then they kind of turn into like this evil thing, right? Yeah, because Christianity became like, you know, popping. Right, and so Roma people were persecuted you had the uh, witch trials, you know, anybody who was a little different and maybe didn't practice their religion in a certain way was thought of as evil or, you know, speaking to the devil or something. So they were evil up until like the turn of the century. And this is where spiritualism arrives. Yeah. So modern spiritualism as a religion developed in the 19th century Within a larger spiritual and mystic resurgence based on the influences of an earlier mystic. His name was Emanuel Swedenborg. Sure. He had like tons of writings and stuff like that. And like North American native beliefs were like thrown in there. Mm. I didn't do much on him because dude, that's a whole nother pod. Yeah. So he kind of just led the way. Yeah. I guess you could say he paved it. Yeah. <clears throat> So, like, modern spiritualism began in the 1840s 
They like narrowed it down to like a small town in New York, and that quickly grew to become one of the greatest and most divisive. <laughs> one of the greatest. I'm just gonna say greatest. I try to be big with that word, dog. Yeah, you're really fine. You're yeah. doing great. So anyway, the religious movements of the 19th century. So it was like this big deal. So here you're gonna see people not really shying away from Christianity, Christianity, but kind of molding them together. Yeah, so they're using, like, this mysticism and faith and spirituality. So they still believe in the man upstairs and Big Daddy downstairs, but they're just throwing in, they're just adding a little spice. Hmm, okay. A little more pagan yeah. in there. Yeah. So, I mean, eventually it does become its own, like, separate thing. But when it first starts, it's just, like, a little dibble-dabble, if you will. Mm-hmm. Just a little dollop. A little dollop of Stacy. Oh, they were going it could have been really cool, but yeah. you ruined it. Yeah, I ruined it. The dollop of Daisy? That doesn't even... We were talking about spiritualism. The little dollop of spirit. How the fuck was I supposed to know you were going to say spirit? You're supposed to be mind-melding when we do this. Yeah, no. <laughs> anyway, so almost all... Wonder his... Twin powers activate. I'm trying to I'm speak. A, I'm a bucket of water. What are you? I'm a shark. <laughs> a fucking... A shark? Yeah. I'm a bucket of water. What do you What am I supposed to be if you're a mop, Taylor? A mop. I'm I'm mopping the floors. Anyway. That's so lame. Continue. That's a joke, by the way. They don't ever turn into a bucket of water in a mop. (laughs) I know. (sighs) Turn into like a, I don't know, a cockroach, atomic bomb. I don't know. You need to go to bed. (laughs) So, anyway, almost all historians point to the movement beginning in 1848 in Hydesville, New York, where the there's a, these pair of sisters named Maggie and Kate Fox. They're super famous. Again, the information on these people, on these women, can go for days. So, this is briefly covering them. But they began communicating with a spirit in their home through, like, they say rapping and knocking. Mm-hmm. Just like a rap at the door, like a knock. I mean, rap, wouldn't that be redundant? Yes, I would, yeah. I didn't really get that. I was like, what the hell is rapping? Yeah, I also like, read it as not rapping. Oh, my God. <laughs> I was like, what are they There's doing? There's no Ian Moff, Taylor. <laughs> I was like, this spirit is wild. I was like, good God, that's terrifying. No wonder they got famous. Oh <laughs> the girls became like a phenomenon. Mm-hmm. And um, before long, they were communicating with spirits around the nation in front of hundreds of people. Like for audiences. Do they, they would, look scary? I mean, do they have the typical like 1800s? We may be dead, but we're alive. You know, like you can never tell if those like people the are death dead. photos because yeah. you can never. Yeah, they kind of look like them. Okay, but um, that's what I'm picturing anyway. Yeah. But, so if you ever want to do like do your own in, in like uh, research on them, I just got on off a tangent the other day when I was on my lunch break and I was like, gosh, they are they, they are wild. Um, <clears throat> but they started this whole movement and soon spiritual mediums could be found in almost every town that so, is crazy because we went from a place where you're evil and the puritans were literally casting people out of their villages because they were this witches is like 50 and, years apart like from like that thinking yeah to yeah. this yeah so this was like quoted as being america's new religion because it had taken roots and like shown no signs of stopping and like you know we love a new trend here so we're gonna stick with it 
I'm going to run it in the ground. Sp- spiritualism is trending, so. <laughs> Dude, I cracked myself up. I was typing. Uh, I was like, <laughs> you're like, this is a good one. <laughs> That's a, legit what I said. I was like, good one. can't wait to share this with the people. <laughs> Brady was like, what are you, what are you doing over there? He's like, nothing. <laughs> <laughs> so uh religion in the united states during the 1840s was like primed for spiritualism was it primed and ready <laughs> it was it was ready Shut up. <laughs> um the ideas of emmanuel swedenborg um had begun to change people's concept of heaven from a faraway like sterile place to a more perfect version mm. like what you we would think of today so less like doctor's office, more country park. So no, apparently people believe like you died and you just like walked into this white light and then that was, it was just like white light. Just, Ooh. and you're just like, I don't think you have like just, a physical form. Right. Okay. So you, the, he you shed your earthly body. Yeah. I mean, and, but his ideas made it seem like we were like these, when we die, we go to a, like a heaven that's kind of like the earth we lived on, but like way better. Oh, Okay. And, like, all of our loved ones are there. Mm-hmm. So, obviously, tons of humans went towards spiritualism because this. And, like, traditional religions don't have that. Mm-hmm. They're just like, oh, you die. And if you did a really good job, you don't have to burn to death. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. It just it made immortality of the soul more, you know, realistic. Yeah. Like, you get Because the- humans, we don't want to be, like, this... I don't know, mist floating in this white light. We want to, we want to think of it as like we're continuing with our, as ourselves. In yeah. Like place. you're just like a better, healthier. Yeah. Beautiful version of yourself. Mm-hmm. Maybe. I don't know. I don't know what y'all believe. Yeah. I'd like to believe that. Yeah. But unlike traditional religions, it did not call for like extreme blind faith. Mm. So that was also a huge winner for a lot of people because that is really hard. Yeah. Because back in the day, if you had any questions, right, you were a you were a burner at the stake. Yeah, I call like you know, grab your pitchforks and yeah, like torches. I just watched Shrek, and I just keep thinking oh, about that. So <laughs> sorry. You know what I realized is that I've only seen the first two Shreks. I've it's because watched... after that they're trash. Are they trash? Yeah, me and Jenna had this conversation the other day. Oh. I've only seen the first two, and like the first she, two are bomb. You know, I I really enjoy the them. The second one is top tier to the first one. <sighs> is it though? I think it's the music that does it for yeah, me. Yeah, it's popping. Yeah, me and Brady watched this the other night. We watched Shrek two, and he was like, "This so is you just haven't a musical." Seen Shrek three. Or I did a long time ago. That's when like they have all their kids. Yeah, but like in he makes like a deal with that Rumpelstiltskin. Oh, it's no, good. Ne- I've never seen it. It's mm-hmm. good, but it's not Shrek two good. Gotcha. Anyway. Fit was <laughs> we take our movies very seriously, obviously. And anyway, Judah, shout out to you, even though you don't listen because you're a bitch. <laughs> so skeptics of Christianity could see concrete, like quote, like you know, proof of an afterlife by attending by attending a séance. Mm. So that gave them like a, I don't know. It's like more confirming. Yeah. Yeah. I guess. Because they thought that they were talking to someone from 
the afterlife. Like someone's already there. Yeah. They're just confirming their suspicions. Mm -hmm. So spiritualism also rebelled against traditional religious authority and instead emphasized radical individualism. Which is whoa different. Yeah. So in the, 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 the <laughs> if we didn't mess up when we read, people would be like, "Who are these people?" This um, is not I the promise you that we thought we were listening. I have to. such a high reading level, and not that it matters anymore <laughs> because I'm an adult. Listen, my Lexile is popping. When I, listen, I was, I was so good. Taylor, nobody's reading. questioning you. But I, what happened? I was like, listen. Do you remember when you had to read out loud in class? Yeah, yeah. And you read before, so you didn't do this shit. Yeah. I'm trying to read before, so I don't do this shit. And you do it. It's fucking me up. I think it's making it worse. Yeah. Also, y'all so, be making me nervous. Y'all. Be- <laughs> don't look at me. I'm not looking. Turn around. Okay. <laughs> the individualist outlook um meant that spiritualism was the sole religion of its of its time that saw women as equals so let's just let's just make that sound more like taylor um spiritualism is (laughs) popping listen i mean i'm telling you so they must have had a movement that was insane because women were finally looked on at looked upon as equals instead just of, in the, just in the religion oh so not i mean obviously people weren't we they weren't held their women like that is equal like everybody was the same right it wasn't like not to knock any traditional faith because or anybody's faith but like in christianity men are number well it's god's number one and then the husband the husband and then the wife and then the children right and spiritualism everybody's just like on the same playing field. Yeah. Well, we're all even. Cool. So, for a time, spiritualism was the only way women were allowed to speak in public. So, of course, that's why it was like, hey. See, I don't know if it was really, um, really, if they, like, if they just chose that, like, oh, we're spiritualists, so we're just going to say whatever we want. Or they jumped on the wagon or, just so they could speak. Or if they, maybe they just realized, like, you know, we're already doing this. We're spreading awareness of our own religion. Might as well, like, help our own freaking people out. Oh, you're saying, like, this movement led women to yeah, feel does. like they could. Yeah. Which is, like, super wild that, that it was even allowed that they were allowed to speak about anything. Yeah. And female mediums use this uh, to campaign. Well, I spelled campaign wrong. <laughs> the, uh, the ideas of women's suffrage and equal rights. And they even tried to spread awareness of the abolition to abolish slavery wow so this is before the civil war obviously so it's like right before it yeah so and it leads through it like this is happening through the civil war and they were claiming that these ideas weren't theirs they were messages they were receiving from the spirit spirit realm wow i didn't know any of those so they're like yeah uh your grandma said you're a shit sane let those babies go (laughs) yeah yeah pretty much i would have never made it in this time no, you'd be dead. Yeah. Yeah. I'd been in a crazy home. No, you'd be dead. They would have killed me? Probably. Let's be real. You wouldn't have made it either. I know. I don't like to be cold or hot or sick. I'm not talking about, like, the environment. So I'm just, like, talking about, like... No, I don't want to be, like, a housewife. I mean, I, no, not not that a housewife is bad. I'm just saying, like, I don't want to be... You don't want to run a whole household. No. That's I, hard. I don't. Also, I don't want to die in childbirth. I don't want to. It still happens now, man. That's so scary. Women aren't great over here in America. Anyway, um, from the top, yeah, we're, getting we keep getting, we're on tangents, man. It's because we can't talk to one another. I know. I'm gonna quit looking at you because then you lose your spot. 
And then the thing is, we thing. don't, we have to, I have to get here earlier so we can talk about things and then do this because I think that's a huge problem. Oh, you think that people don't like listen to this? This part, probably not. <laughs> They're probably like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> Sorry. <sighs> Sorry. Or if you love it, you know, how would I know what you like and don't like? You don't email us. <laughs> so suck it up, baby. <laughs> so this did not, however, stop the criticisms and um, a female spiritualist. For example, a woman named Victoria Woodhull, a vocal spiritualist. I don't know what that means. Like she was very like, you know. I thought she was a outspoken. singer. Oh my gosh, Taylor. Maybe let me check your legs out. I'll bring some paperwork from work and we'll get this done. I would kick its ass. So you do that. <laughs> I'll just give you a hard time, my God. Continue. Anyway, Victoria Woodhull was also the first woman to run for president. What? That's yeah. cool. Great information. You're doing great. Thanks. She was also dubbed Mrs. Satan for her belief in spiritualism women's suffrage, and the ideas of free love. All of this, which contradicted uh, traditional morals and was seen as a threat. Yeah. But, you know, who hasn't been called Mrs. Satan? I mean, you've probably been called Mrs. Satan once or twice. Yeah, more, probably more than twice. Mm. So, devil lady. <laughs> with uh, the onslaught of the Civil War and the growing list of men who never returned home, more and more people turned to spiritualists um, so they could use their medium mediums <laughs> for some proof that their loved one's immortal soul was at peace. That's really that's sad. Yeah, I literally wrote sad. <laughs> Insert emotion. <laughs> yeah, I was trying to, and then I left. The number of spiritualists in the United States blossomed because of this, and by the end of the Civil War, there was a reported 11 million people. That subscribe to the spiritualist ways. And about 35,000 um, of these humans were practicing mediums. I mean, that seems like a lot. Yeah, it seems like a fuck ton. Yeah, it seems like a whole lot of people who are connected to the other side. Medium? I guess if you're hearing voices, I don't know. I don't, is it a real voice? No. I don't know. Before the war, the idea of a quote-unquote good death meant that all aspects of dying were undertaken in the home. Surrounded by family. Stephanie, please don't put me down for that. So you want me to take you to the house and no. we'll just lay you in your bed and we'll all just stare at you as you leave. God, no. Let's see. Well, I think everybody, there wasn't like a hospital or like, I don't know. Would you rather die at home or like in the hospital? I don't know. I don't care where. I'll take you to the, like the backyard and just lay you there. Yeah, put me in the sun. <laughs> <laughs> this is wild. Continue. The Civil War robbed hundreds of thousands of families the chance to be by their loved one's side at the time of their death so that's sad yeah um also like they didn't know for a really long time if someone had died so they're just like yeah he's he's all fighting at the war oh my gosh when real like they had all this hope and then like oh yeah months he, and months later they found out years oh my god they just would never come home yeah, I mean, there, there probably isn't a good way to share that you're no, and they're like past. six years later, like yeah, I guess he's just gone. My lord, better go talk to old Sally down the way. See, see if I can there. contact Robert. That's so sad, right? Yeah, it is. So there was no chance to say a proper goodbye. I don't, honestly, I don't think there's a good way to say goodbye to somebody dying. So yeah, but I mean, it's see you on the flip side, big dog. <laughs> I mean, what are you supposed to say? Yeah, that's true. 
But I mean, it just went against what they were used to. Like people would, were at the home, they were being cared for and they passed away. Another way I couldn't have made it in this time. Yeah. So grieving mothers, fathers, sisters, and wives participated in seances with spirit communication. So they were just hoping to receive like one last message from their dearly, dearly departed. And sometimes they did receive messages and then sometimes they didn't. Yeah. It was not an exact science and I like, I just can't imagine how hard it would be to be like, this is the best way I'm going to speak to them. And then like they get no contact. Yeah. Yeah. That fucking sucks. Yeah. I'm going to save all my energy if I die before you and you're going to get a Ouija board and you're going to talk to me and be like, Taylor. Oh, we're not allowed to have Ouija boards. That's like the number one rule. Of the our- sisterhood? Well, well no, if one sister like- dies, how are we supposed to talk to one another? That's true. We just like flicker the lights or something. I'll learn Morse code. I would also have to know it. (laughs) It's boring up here. You have shit in your teeth. (laughs) I hate you. (laughs) In the mid-19th century, Americans' religious beliefs were shaken by scientific discoveries. Newly unearthed fossils and analysis of geological record indicated that the Earth was far older than the Bible claimed it to be. Oh, man. I bet that was a big shaking time, wasn't it? Dude. To be a fly on the wall, yeah. you know? So people clamored for religion that could maintain their faith while also aligning with science. So spiritualism really just fit that need perfectly. Mm-hmm. It was, uh, like, dubbed the scientific religion, which <sighs> I really like that. Is it because, like... It's just because you could believe whatever you want and nobody was just like, you're going to hell! That's true. That's true. Like, you could believe in science, and you could talk about dinosaurs, and, you know, people wouldn't look but at you But you could also talk about God and your loved yeah, ones yeah. and being a good human. Yeah. So, <clears throat> asking participants to observe spiritualistic demonstrations pr- produced under test conditions in the seance room was also... <sighs> so, they were able to see it. They were able to test it. That's why they called it the scientific religion, because they were able to test it under these... Yeah, they con- formed a hypothesis. conditions. They um, followed all of the procedures. Conducted an experiment and mm-hmm. came up with a theory. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. You remember that? Mm-hmm. Remember that from school? Yeah. Do I you teach, teach that? I teach that, yeah. They teach that at that age? Well, I don't teach science anymore, but back in the day, yeah. When do you learn that? In fifth grade, fourth grade. Anytime you do an experiment, you talk about the scientific method. I feel like I learned that way later. Maybe. Anyway, spiritualism um, was also believed to have healing powers. Mm. (sighs) And this is, I guess, that leads into, like, spiritual healing. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, there were those in the movement known as spiritualist doctors who subscribed to the idea of someone named Anton Mesmer. Mm -hmm. Or Anton Mesmer, an 18th century physician, believed that the body was governed by a magnetic fluid. Oh, this is kind of like the four humors. Kinda. And yeah. when imbalance occurred, it could cause a man, like all this crap to go wrong with you. And practitioners simply had to wave their hands over the bodies of their patients and like mesmerizing them. Mm. And the physician's own animal magnetism would realign the patient's magnetic fluid and restore their health. This is wild. Yeah. I don't. So is that where we get mesmerizing from? I think it's like hypnotizing. Mm. Well, yeah. So if you had that animal magnetism, you could heal someone. I thought animal magnetism was something else. 
like a sexual thing yeah yeah seems a little sexual gross i don't know sorry spiritualism also drew parallels between it and technical technological advancements the fox sisters raps and knocks were similar to the morse alphabet <gasps> see ghost knew morse code anyway which had just been invented just oh. a few years before well they can learn i guess Leading the promoters of spiritualism to claim that mediums could establish a spiritual telegraph between the living and the dead. Interesting. Later, Mulmer mm-hmm. would claim that he could capture the ghostly images of dead loved ones in his spirit photography studios. Oh, so this man, this just set up everything for. Yeah. <laughs> this is a huge. For it's ghost hunting. It's a trap. Yeah. Sorry. Mulmer's uh, most famous spirit photograph is of Mary Todd Lincoln. Oh, so if you don't know, um, Amer- Mary Todd Lincoln is known as America's grieving first lady. She had become heavily involved in spirit- spiritualism after the deaths of her son and her husband, Abe Lincoln. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> if you didn't know. If you didn't know. We all know how that one bit the dust. Mm-hmm. So she would regularly attend seances, hoping to receive a message from them. Oh, that's sad. Yeah. She's like the first Winchester lady. Yeah. But not as crazy. Right. So, in 1872, Mrs. Lincoln visited Mulmer's. My God. (laughs) Help me. I can't. Lincoln, if you can hear me, help me out. You're a great speaker. True. Uh, Anyway, she went to the studio, and uh, they they took some photographs. I just want to take some pictures. Oh, my gosh. I knew you were going to say it. (laughs) Like, I knew it. (laughs) I say that to her all the time. I know. In the resulting photograph, the ghostly specter of Abraham Lincoln appears behind his wife, resting his hands on her shoulders. It was the last photo ever taken of Mrs. Lincoln. Oh, my God. You can look it up online. I'm going to have to. Is that sad for you? Yeah. That's cool as fuck. He's waiting for her. He's just, and she probably died soon after. Anyway. You think he was waiting? He's probably like, stop talking to me. I'm trying to it's rest, been the best woman. Ten years of silence. Oh man! So, World War One ushered in a new wave of interest in spirit communication and spiritualism. Oh, okay. So, World War One was hard for me to say. You did great, though. I know. You've been butchering everything else, but yeah. like for some reason, you were able to get World War out. The, you don't understand. My speech impediment and my lisp just don't do today. They're fighting. Yeah, they just flipped. So, Sir Arthur Conan Doyle, Jesus, the creator of the world. He's actually not Jesus. He's an author. He created uh, the world's most famous detective, Sherlock Holmes. Yeah. He was an avowed spiritualist. Which, that makes a lot of sense, considering, like, all the stuff that he wrote. Yeah. And Sherlock Holmes is good. So, Doyle would travel around the world lecturing to comfort grieving family members um, in like seance parlors and stuff. In his talks, Doyle told uh, the next world as it had been described by him by spirits during seances. So he would assure his audiences that the departed all agree that passing is usually both easy and painless and followed by an enormous reaction of peace and ease. So to the thousands who had lost loved ones in France and Belgium, this was welcome news. Yeah, I imagine so. Um, I don't feel like any of that was easy. No, I just mean like... No, I mean like they did. Oh, no, but the passing was painless. Like oh, they, they well, went. Yeah, you don't feel anything. You yeah. lost your body. 
So although there were people who genuinely believed that they could communicate with spirits, there were also tons of frauds just looking to make money off of the grief-stricken. So Which is easy to do because people are desperate and they're just wanting that connection. On October 21st, 1888, Maggie Fox, who along with her sister had ushered in the age of spiritualism, confessed that they had faked <gasps> the wrappings and knockings by cracking their knuckles and joints in their feet. I was I was on their team for so long, and then you tell me that this at the end, yeah, they they started this movement and then they they lie, yeah. <sighs> so a nineteen oh one secret catalog called Gambles with the Ghost was available to mediums and offered ghost figures, fake ectoplasm, self playing guitars, and self writing slates. Oh my goodness! So all of this was fake. You yeah. could buy these fake things <clears throat> and you could just fool people. Yeah. Which, side note, kind of cool for the time. Yeah, still wild, though. Yeah. But spiritualism's skeptics attempted to expose fake mediums. So they were, like, going out, like, trying their damnedest, like, you're a fraud. Right. And they were like, hey, we know you got that self-playing guitar. It's fake. Yeah. You're a phony. Mm -hmm. So the world's famous magician, Harry Houdini, made it his life's work to expose the perpetrators of this most monstrous monstrous fiction that was wow words. harry houdini was out to get him yeah but i feel it sums up with that guy yeah he seems like you know yeah something's wrong with him mm -hmm. or was wrong with him even though he always entered a seance with an open mind houdini declared after 25 years of ardent research and endeavor i declare that nothing has been revealed to convince me that intercommunication God bless me and my soul. He couldn't talk to nobody over there, right? Thank you. Thank you. He couldn't <laughs> talk to one of them. Stephanie keeps cutting all my good stuff out, so. Taylor, somebody's got to cut you. Girl. <laughs> I'm having a hard time this this evening. I can't even say I'm having a hard time. <laughs> Jeez Louise. Anyway, spiritualism um, is still pretty popular today. Yeah. And it's still popular, I mean, from like. After World War One and on, it was still a big thing. I think it took like a lull when people came out as like being a, you know, oh, fakes. Yeah. So, you know, we have Harry Houdini to thank for that. <sighs> but even though spiritualism has kind of dwindled and like there are still like. I think it had a resurgence in the, you know, um, 21st century. Yeah, I would agree. Um, because people are, they're just seeking for comfort. You know, they're, they just want, because we all went through like a really hard time, you know. Also, mm, the pandemic and all that stuff. And I like to, I think I'm more of a spiritualist than I am anything. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I connect with the whole thinking of it as this, like, worldly place. It makes more place. sense to me. I, yeah, I think that's what it is. I think it just makes more sense in my brain. And that just brings me a little bit of comfort knowing that that could be a possibility, that it's just like this place. And I've always thought of as, like, when I leave here, you know, when I'm dead and gone, that, like, I'm just, like going somewhere else like it's another honestly another you should adventure. think that we got many heavens like everybody had their own heaven yeah. but i think it would be cool if we like you know one big one there's just maybe somebody up there don't want to see you know yeah also i always question so like if you if your husband dies right oh no do not get, start this argument and you get remarried right Fuck. okay you're gonna and then you all die so you got like let's say you have three husbands damn and, <laughs> let's just be, let's just say Damn. So they all pass away. You you live through a lot. Of natural causes? Possibly. You all go to heaven. What Possibly. happens then? What are you just all living together? I think it's like... Is there going to be a fight? Like, is it going to be weird? But I think... 
I mean, are there different versions of you that fit there? Ever? Maybe it's more like, you know, I don't know. I don't know, man. I don't think about that. No, 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 no. I've never been married, so to get three in this lifetime is going to be a struggle for me. <laughs> <laughs> so, like we said, spiritualism has continued to be a part of society. And I recently came across when I was doing work on like psychics and stuff like that, that the government actually used psychics in some top secret mission. Isn't that incredible? What was the mission? So uh, here's a little backstory. So I found this article on CBS and it kind of details an interview between someone who participated in this program. In the 1970s, an ex-Israeli army paratrooper, he was able to use ESP. His name was Yuri Geller, and he claimed that he could bend spoons with his mind, and he could see inside sealed containers, and he could even read other people's minds. So, super good television of the time. People were very interested, but Geller also caught the eye of the intelligence community. Why is it always spoon bending? I don't know. That is a thing, isn't it? So... It sounds crazy and incredible, but it's true. So the relying on now declassified documents, this person, this, this guy, his name is Jacobson. This is, or excuse me, her name's Annie Jacobson. She's the reporter. She is saying that um, she found some declassified documents talking about how they use this Geller guy and others like him for psychic espionage. What? Yeah, isn't that cool? So she goes to say it's sort of like a highly classified black program inside of a black program. One, because you, this was, they were trying to, you know, get information from Russia and Chinese people. So they were trying to get into their government. So a lot of scientists, she says, didn't want their colleagues to know what they were doing because they were kind of embarrassed, but they also were super intrigued by this Geller and other people like him. Hmm. Yeah. And so these declassified reports talk about how the Pentagon was in real fear, okay? And they, were, they feared this Geller guy. So they're like, we fear him. So why don't we use him to, I don't know, figure stuff out, you know, to be a spy, to see if he can read people's minds from other governments and figure out what's going on. So there is a pretty famous appearance on The Tonight Show where Yuri tells Johnny Carson about this Project Stargate. And he talks about how the government employed dozens of psychics and mediums and they were their goal was espionage, okay? So the United States wanted to spy on other countries and they thought it would be really cool if people could just use their minds rather than send people over there. And Johnny Carson says, well, did it work? And he says, yeah, it worked. I know. So this other woman, she was a member of Project Stargate for nine years and she calls herself a medium. And she is, she's, they called her a remote viewer because she was able to find people and she was good at locating things. Hmm. So she was kind of like a hired psychic spy. And she agrees. She's like, yes, I was. So her assignment was to look for missing hostages and fugitives without ever leaving the building at Fort Meade in Maryland. And... She recalls her assignment in 1989. She says that she was able to fit psychically track down a former customs agent who allegedly had gone rogue. It's wild. She says, I was called into a session. 
my boss asked me, where's Charles Jordan? And she said, the man is in Lao, Wyoming. And I spelled it out. She spells out the word Lao. So she was off by like one letter. So she, it's actually Lovell, Wyoming. Anyway, so she spelled out this word. She was off by one level and they were like, oh, that must be this Wyoming. And he was there. Yeah. This is a little sketch. I know. Isn't it? It's crazy. So there's no explanation. Um, But people are like, is this ESP? Can she actually do this? Um, People ask her, does she believe it? Is she able to do this now? And she's like, yeah, of course. Um, In 1995, Project Stargate was shut down. But government interest in the paranormal has not been completely abandoned. So again, I'm referencing this writer that was at the beginning of this little thing, Annie Jacobson. She says the military is working on to see if certain soldiers have enhanced perception. Creepy, right? Why? I mean, I guess if you... They no, can... I just mean like, if it was working, why did you stop doing it? I don't know. Mm-hmm. So there's experiments. They use experiments to see whether or not a body will respond. So they show them pictures and they see whether or not their body reacts to the picture while they're giving their little, I don't know, I test. guess their test. Yeah. And then if their body reacts to certain things, then they're saying that they maybe, maybe they do have some sort of like psychic ability. We should do this to Nia. Oh, we should. Yeah. That'd be cool. So I just came across this and I was like, this is, this is wild because the government, you know, I feel like a lot of stuff happens and we don't, we don't really know, we don't know what they're doing, you know, like we didn't know about the whole alien things. And then all of a sudden they're like dropping those bombs, you know, and then now we, we find things later like this, like they had a whole project dedicated to people using their ESP to find hostages and missing agents and possibly um, seek out Russian and Chinese government officials. Do you know what this boils down to? What? Don't trust your government kids. <laughs> trust no one. It's pretty crazy though, isn't it? That is so crazy. Like, I don't, I mean, this is the recent things. I know. And it's, this is fucking X-Files is real. I know. X-Files is legit. Do you think that story about that bitch lived under the bed that had, you know, Oh my God. I don't real? even know what episode that was, but it was terrible. It was, ta- it was scary. I know. Was she like was this just on a family. freaking rolly cart. She le- lived under the bed because she was in like a car accident or something, right? She had no arms and no legs. She was literally just a torso and a head. And they wheeled her up under the bed. She lived, she slept under the bed. Uh, I don't even think about it. And like her, these kids were her baby daddies. Oh. It was terrible. terrible and their episode. kid, uh, it, was, it was so terrible and it was scary. Yeah. X-Files can be super scary. This, this is kind of scary to think that it almost makes me think of like the men in black, you know? Dude, do you remember the and first they... time you ever watched men in black? And then you get through the whole movie and you're like, wow, it was a great movie. And it's the end scene where they go to the locker room. He's like, you know, and they open the locker and it's like a whole nother planet. And then, like, we're a little marble thing. Yeah. Where yeah. It's, our solar system is scene. nothing. Yeah. And it's just like, we're nothing. I know. I, I can't think too much about space. I meant, like, the Men in Black when we were talking about, like, the Mothman and stuff. When they come in. That's and they... the Men in Black. Oh, I guess. Yeah. Duh. That's the Men in Black. So what if the Men in Black also possess ESP and they're able to, like, predict when things are going to happen? And that's why they show up when these things happen. And that's why we don't know where they go. Or, 
Or second theory, the men in black are actually demons. <gasps> Why are you going back here? Because we said we that Mothra Johnson them. is freaking the devil. That is true. He, I mean, he fits the profile. Yeah. He's a bug man. He's one of the, he's not the devil. He's the bug prince. man was one of the princes. But anyway. Mm, creepy. Me and the devil. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> so guys, let us know what you think. Yeah. If anybody, if do any you believe in ESP? Are you psychic? Can you read minds? Can you read my mind? Do you know what I'm doing right now? She's licking the microphone. Oh my God, I am not. <laughs> they would hear it. You're right. They hear all your breaths and Dude, deep I'm wheezing. guttural sounds. No, because you edited them out. What have I ever growled? <laughs> I'm just kidding. All right, guys. Thanks for tuning in for another episode of Sisterhood of Secrets. We'll see you later. Bye. Bye. Make sure you follow us on our Instagram account, sisterhood underscore of underscore secrets. And our Facebook page, Sisterhood of Secrets. If you would like to share any of your spooky or unexplained encounters, email us at sisterhoodsecrets1 at gmail. Don't forget to like and subscribe. Bye for real.